It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From the fifth quarter studio in Madison, Wisconsin. You're listening to High School Hoops with your hosts, Steve Collins and Jake Steger. Thank out to our sponsor, Dr. Dish. Um, if you're in the market for a shooting machine, I can't think of a better machine for you and your in your program. Um, they're sponsors of, of this great this great episode, and um, I would appreciate it if you go over and check them out. Um, if you mention Coach Unplugged, um, <clears throat> you will get three hundred dollars off your next purchase. So I think that's a great deal that they have kind of given to our uh, Coach Unplugged community. It's a durable machine. It's great. If you go and play around with it a little bit, it's it, between that the app and um, I, I was talking about it at, recently at a, at a coaching clinic and uh, how it doesn't get caught. You know, some of the older machines, the balls would always get caught. They've kind of taken care of that by putting some metal down there, and um, it's just it's great. So go over and check it out, Coach Unplugged. Um, mention us, and like I said, three hundred dollars off your next purchase. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Fourteen day free trial. Um, prices are going to be going up in October, fifteen twenty percent. So if you're thinking of uh, of going over and uh, and checking that out, to go do that now before prices go back up. Um, and yeah, so uh, if you like these podcasts, go over and subscribe and like them. This is a rewind one, but it's a it's a good hour and a half um, of Rick and the Read and React. I think you'll love this. Uh, this has been one of the more popular ones. I'm gonna I'm gonna put four or five of the the most popular ones up in October because I think uh, I think coaches really like to hear some of these and they get some kind of lost in the feed a little bit. So here we go, Coach Unplugged. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I got I got Coach Torbert here. So th- I'm super excited about this um, from a couple standpoints. Selfishly, I started running Read and React about three years ago. So I have, I'm looking at my list. I think I have like six specific questions about Read and React, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, all right, so Coach, I'm going to have you kind of introduce yourself, kind of talk about your basketball journey and kind of what got us to the point where we're sitting here talking today. Right. My basketball journey <laughs> began, uh, let's see, I'll make this short and sweet. Uh, right. there's, there's not a lot there. There's uh, a lot. 
Well, I um, let's see. Probably the pivotal point in my life was I was six, six foot one as an eighth grader. Everybody thought I was going to be some big center, you know. Right. Yep. I think I grew one more inch or another inch and a half, and uh, and I found out <clears throat> uh, there were plenty of people that could play inside better than me. So uh, between my freshman and sophomore year. Uh, I spent the whole summer just dedicated to shooting only. And um, uh, and that kind of changed the course of my life. I wound up being a, a pretty good shooter, good enough to go on and play at the next level. You know, NAI, played at uh, Cleveland State Junior College. Then I played at Bryan College. Um, um, but there's but, a very valuable lesson there, especially for the youth coaches, I think, in the yeah. sense that I believe everyone should be a guard until they're about 14 or 15. <laughs> oh, um, cause yeah, absolutely. Don't you, I mean, we, we can get into the positionless thing, but I, it's like I, we, everybody that's listening to this, I bet, can, can think about that kid that grew in elementary school and was the tallest kid on the playground and then just stopped. We all can probably name like two or three of those kind of kids. And Steve, that is why I include that in the story. Is right. uh, I mean, it, it hindered me uh, uh, the way I I was pigeonholed early on through elementary and junior high, even as a freshman in high school. Um, it, it's hard to overcome that, even if you're dedicated from there on. You know, just uh, because in college, I'm I'm a two guard, and sometimes right. I'm, I'm a point. Uh, right, right. You're seriously. You're seriously hindered, and it's like I've, I've coached guys that have played in the NBA. I've coached bigs, and it's like, yes, I'm. I, you know, I I just keep telling them, I I, you might have to rebound more than you're going to rebound at the next level, but it will help. You know, we, if everyone right. can handle the ball, no one can press those kind of things. But right. um, so then go go ahead. So then I see you got into coaching. Yeah, I, I stepped right out of college into a head uh, high school boys job in public schools in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga Central and Little Wall High School. And, yep. and then uh, I took a job in Atlanta uh, at a private school, small private school. And then uh, after a few years there, I went to Holy Innocence Episcopal School because they were starting a, um, a school from scratch, a high school from oh, scratch. Oh, really? Yeah, they were kindergarten through eight. And I, I kind of thought, oh, that'd be cool to start, you know, from the right. beginning. And uh, hey, if it, I can't blame anybody but myself, you know? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> you know what's coming, yes. Yep. So I was there for uh, my last 11 years. And um, and and when I say that uh, there's not much there, what I mean is I think, uh, look, I mean, I had good years and I've had bad. I've had, you know, uh, never won a state championship but made it to the Final Four a couple of times and, you know, uh, quite From a few. Somebody that's won it, it's lightning in a bottle. I'm, I'm convinced. It's like, it's like the kid that catches the firefly. Because yeah. my best team didn't win it. <laughs> um, my best team had three Mister Basketballs from Wisconsin, and we didn't win it that year. And then we won it the next that? year. It, wow. uh, yes, I'm just. It's, it's, uh, it's not the best coaches, not the best team. It's about those two or three weeks where you just catch lightning. It's Hoosiers kind of thing. Yeah. But go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're exactly right, and. Uh, um, and I've had, I've been on the, the losing end, you know, I've been right. on those where it, 
I had my worst season was a four and twenty three. Yeah, yeah. That'll make you question <laughs> that, that, everything. You, 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 you become very humble at that point. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. And I coached my honey off, and I tell you, I thought I should have got coach of the year because we, we shouldn't have won those four. Right. Oh, I tell people my best record, we were 12 and 10. My best coaching season in 30 years of coaching, we were 12 and 10 because we had no right being winning 12 games. We had zero, you know. So that's why I tell coaches it's not – and I've told people this before. I think the problem with our profession is it's it you're judged on quantitative values because I see your math teacher. You're 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 judged on quantitative values, not qualitative values. That's right. And, and That's as right. a coach, it's it, it's to to be honest with you, I coach and teach because it's the qualitative things. It's not the I want to win as much as anybody. Trust me, but. Um, it's, it's teaching young men or young women to be, you know, become better people and life lessons and all that kind of stuff. And that, and that is the problem with, with coaching is that you've got, um, um, you're, you're judging success qualitatively and people that might be controlling your, your job, right. Uh, and your livelihood are judging it quantitatively. Right. They don't, there's a lot of things they don't take into factors. Cause I'll tell you, I, when I say uh, I made it to the Final Four, that's hilarious because I've right. never made a shot. I never defended. Right. <laughs> yeah, you are right. Really <laughs> good players, and I yeah. remember the first trip to the Final Four. The the night we we uh, won a lead eight to go to the Final Four. Uh, you know, you, you get all the back slapping and all that, right? right? Yeah. And, and one guy, friend of mine, um, said. I just kind of as he's passing by, he says, and, and now you're a genius. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know everything. You know everything. Right. Yes. It, it's tongue in cheek because, man, yeah. You just. Okay. So, so, all right. So then, so, so are you, you're still coaching there right now? No. no. Okay. Uh, so, um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so, there was a two or three year overlap in the early 2000s where a uh, former assistant of mine wanted to start an internet company, sell DVDs, and, right. and uh, I told him I would help and uh, help him if I, if he ever needed it. And so he asked me for it, right. and um, and he said, "I want you to do the basketball instructions." And I said, "Man, you're going to get like three sales, you know, my mom, my dad, my sister." Right. <laughs> You know, who am I? You know, right. and he said, well, you know, I was, he'd been with me for a while and he said, you know, I've seen you teach. And he said, if I can get people to view the material, I think your, um, your ability to break it down and bring them back. So, uh, hey, why not? Right. So I gave it a shot. And uh, we started with shooting, ball handling, you know, post play, one on one, just player development stuff. Right. And this is in the, <clears throat> excuse me, this is in the early 2000s. And um, um, then we got a few guests uh, on our, our DVDs. Back then it was all DVDs. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I tell, I was talking to Brendan yesterday. It was hilarious because it's like him and I were laughing about, I remember when I had two VHS tapes and two recorders and play, record, play, record, you know, to, to, to break tape down. It's like these guys don't know how – I mean, it's, now it goes up to crossover or huddle and it breaks it down. It's like, shoot, oh. I, I'm still surprised I'm married, to be honest with you. All the time I spent breaking tape down. But 
it was so time intensive. It was unreal. Yeah. You know? And in one of my stories talking about uh, uh, later as we get into the read and react, you know, one of the one year, I think it was 96, <clears throat> at the end of the season, I decided, hey, I'm going back and I'm statting all of my games myself. I wanted to see where all our, our, our points were coming from, try to categorize everything. Didn't want to depend on stats that, you know, some right. yep. in the bleachers, you know, yep. kept up with and missed while he was eating popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and, and folks, um, I don't think they appreciate what it took to go back and take a DVD. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, VHS. Right. That time. VHS, you know, fast forward, rewind, pause, ride down, you know. Right. And there's more than what they don't understand is there's more than one thing going on when you're watching on a thing. It's like there's a rebound, there's an assist, there's a turnover, there's a, it's like you're, yeah. (laughs) There's no iPad to hit a button and just. Right. Um, Right. Yeah. Oh, something like a huddle or crossover, that would have just been. Oh, yeah. I told I tell people it saved my life. It saved my marriage. Saved my life. Not in the basement. I'm not in the basement anymore. Breaking film down. Okay, so um, so you started that. We'll get to the read react thing at the end because I got like I said, I do have a lot of questions. Oh, okay. But um, so then that's obviously oh. went from DVDs to. Yeah, well, we started like I say, player development stuff. That that's what I cut my teeth on. My first one was on shooting naturally. Right. Right. And most of this. Most of this, Steve, came from, um, oh, well, yeah, I, I had coaching insights and that type of thing, but uh, most of it came from my experience in personal training all, you know, right. while I was coaching. Uh, and that's where if you're going to make a business out of that, you've got to actually, you, you can't just, you might start doing it off of the cuff, but right. eventually you got to. What's the word? Codify? You've uh, got to you quantify know. it. And it's time yeah. for money, too. It's like, you, yes. yeah, it's time yeah. for money, too. And if you, you, you're you not going to be able to book all that time if you don't have, you know, your lesson plans right. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to go, like, step by step. You know, I had to start writing things down and, hey, what works, what doesn't, and developing a player. And, right. and so, so that's what I was putting on the DVD. And we happened to – uh, get uh, start getting a few NBA and WNBA guests on the DVDs, you know? Okay. Mike Gibby was the first one. I do. I remember that one. I do remember yeah, that one. Yeah. And then we got, you know, yes, lots little, of you, Didn't you have some young kid too, I think? Oh, that was our ball handling. Yeah. Uh, our ball handling. Uh, Andy Garcia. And by yep. the way, still, he's just phenomenal with a basketball right now. He's in his mid twenties, I guess. And he's in, he's still in Laredo, Texas and he's training. He's never stopped training other kids. Really? Well, he's got, he's got a training business. Okay. 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 And he's just magic with a ball. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember him. The thing is the great story behind that is I had one DVD out shooting, you know, I'm still coaching at the time. And in the summer, I have this guy from Laredo. It was Andy's dad, Andy Garcia. And he's, right. hey, hey, could you, you know, could I convince you to come out here and train my son for a few days, you know, maybe a week? And, well, if the price is right, I will, right? right? So right. it's kind of neat. I get to cross the Mississippi River and right. yeah. <laughs> go to a place in right. Texas. And this is kind of neat. Yep. And, uh, and kid just was 
a workout king. I mean, the kid could work all day on the on his game. But when I saw him handle the ball, I said, hey, I mean, the guy on the phone called my buddy and said, hey, I know what DVD number two is. Yes. <laughs> seventh grade, and he's just unbelievable with the ball. Right, and, yeah. Our, our Mr. Basketball this year, Jordan McCabe, who's going to Cincy, has been doing that since he was a little kid, and he's yeah. the same way. It's like oh my, it's like magic what they do with the ball. Yeah. So then it expanded from that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I got. I wound up with it in two thousand. Uh, by two thousand eight, I think we had um, seven player development, seven or eight player development DVDs, and that and when, right. that doesn't sound like much of the time, but when you do at that time we were doing things like uh, like the one on one video was three and a half hours right because it wasn't just me on one on one uh, I also had Chauncey Billups I had Rick Barry on it I had right. Sue Bird you know folks like that on and it was a different era too you weren't shooting it on your phone you the editing was a you know iMovie wasn't it, it, I'm just saying people think now it's like oh I can just shoot a video and edit it was a different world back then editing wise too and all that yeah. stuff and technology and taping and cameras and yeah yeah you had to send your dvd off to be mastered and right all kinds of stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah but during that um so the transition is uh, back in uh, 03 and 04, uh, in that same place, Andy Garcia in Laredo, Texas, had put together a, a camp uh, where he had recruited uh, 15, just hand-picked players from everywhere, a couple of European pros, about five or six uh, college players, and, and the remaining 10 or eight or nine were high school, but they were from everywhere. I had a kid from Greece and Michigan and just from all right. over. All and over. They, they all came with a pedigree. You know what right. I mean? Like they were the, the best, best. It was a four-week camp. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, by the way, Steve, never do this, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I've gone to the PGC camp. I've gone to Mono's camp to watch, oh. and I'm, I'm, I'm tired after four days, and I'm just watching. <laughs> uh, uh, we were so ambitious. I did like, uh, I, I, so we lived in the same uh, motel, you know, hotel. Right. And our schedule was from nine to six, five days, and then half a day on Saturday. Yeah. And and the kids went at night. They went to the local, um, like, uh, workout gym, physical gym, to do you know to to be trained in weights and speed, agility, quickness, and that's crazy. First of all, youth is wasted on the young. I'm telling you, I used to do oh, that yeah. stuff. I yeah. go from camp, I jump in my car, I go to the next camp, I jump in my car, I go to the next camp. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It just makes me tired thinking about it. Oh <laughs> yeah, and but poor poor kids, man. About right. middle of the week, they got one gear. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, just about toast. But right. we did all. You know, you do all the player development stuff, uh, and then. You come back from lunch. We, we we had to. We had to take like a two hour for lunch. Right. You know? We had to, and for them to recover. And then we'd come back for another four hours, and um, and we we always finished it with clock and referees and games. And right. we had uh, the owner of the camp had um, scheduled. I'll give you an example. He had scheduled the second tier Olympic team, a uh, Mexico's Olympic team. 
to come across the border and play us. You know? Oh, wow. So I'm going like, oh, okay, uh, what am I going to teach these guys? Flex? Right, you know, You're right. These are these are all put – every one of them is like a gunslinger. Like, right. Hey, they're all the, the best players on their team. Yeah, they're all the yeah, best players yeah, on their team. That's right. And so I'm thinking, what am I going to – and that's where the read and react was, was birthed and, and – and uh, the what I saw there just made me a believer. Let's just put it that way. right. And so, so just from a historical standpoint, yeah. so that that's when you came up with the idea. Yeah. When did we get to the point where you felt confident that you actually had something that was? I mean, because like anything, there's yeah. there's 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 the first light bulb, and then there's the last light bulb. <laughs> yes, I didn't um, even have a name for it in '03. Right. Okay. And see, I, I was going back to coach at that, that time. Right. Yeah, you're just trying to keep the the, the, the yeah. ship moving. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what's so weird is is it was at that time that the company Better Basketball just took off. Okay. I mean, we took off. My partner said, look, we, we got to either fish or cut bait, you know, because right. uh, you've either got to go full time if we're going to make a, make a go at this or, or we just – he can't do it by himself. And right. so, And so I said, but, man – I put together this system that, you know, I, I'm absolutely convinced. Well, anyway, so I wasn't, I was not able to take it back to my team. So the next summer we had the same camp, whole different group of kids. And I said, okay, I got to test this again. All right. Right. Maybe, maybe it was a function of the kids, right? Right. Yeah. You don't know. You're experimenting. Yeah. yeah. Right. So this time I went in, I didn't have to discover it. Right. I went in from the beginning, right? And it's like, holy cow. So as soon as that four weeks was up, I called every friend that on every level of basketball, still coaching, and said, look, I got something. Don't even have a name for it. but uh, uh, And I can try and describe it, but um, if you want it, I'll show it to you, but I'm pretty sure it's a game changer, you know? Right. I think it'll give you an edge, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Well, you know, Steve, just think about you. Call, you know, who would you call? Look, the people I call trusted me that I mean I'm not I'm not even coaching at the time, right? Right. And so I had um high school, middle school, girls, boys, you know, uh take it uh veteran coaches, you know. Right. You wanted to send it out to the world to see what happens too. It's yes. like it's your first model. You got to send it out yes. and see if the, if the light bulb works or not too. And so you know? first, I gave it to them in notes. Guess right. what? They couldn't do it. No. Every time it was like, Rick, you're going to have to come and show us. I'd I'd work with them through the summer. Come work with them during their season, and and that's when it dawned on me. Okay, I, if I'm going to transfer this, I can't do it with notes and that type of thing. Right. With drawings or diagrams, I'm going to have to put this on a, a, a you know, like an DVD or right. that thing. And so it was really so for four years, Steve. For four years, those coaches convinced me to put it out to get it to public. Right. And, and one of them, uh, uh, he's retired now, Buster Brown. He had about the best um, uh, girls' record in high school in state of Georgia, all classifications during the nineties and won a state championship. And, and, uh, and he said, uh, Rick, I don't, I don't want you to because I've got an edge now. <laughs> like, 
Right. Women. Right. But let's face it, he said, this, this, you've got something that the community needs to see. They need to get a hold of this. Right. And, and of course, the feedback now, the feedback that I was getting from these coaches was opening up, um, was just making me see other things. Right. Okay? So that's the thing is you got to put it out there to see. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you don't see it all at one time. Right. You don't. I mean, I'm not smart enough. You can't, well, you can't see the trees through the forest sometimes. You're, you're, <laughs> right. well, you're so, I mean, I've started small businesses too. You're so like, you're so narrow. People are listening, aren't seeing this. I'm putting my hands over my eyes. You're so narrow-minded because you see one thing, but there's six yeah. other things going on that you just can't see. Yeah. Right. And you know something? This coach would teach it this way, and this coach right. would teach it that way. And another coach would call me and say, you know something? I found if I taught this first – then this this became easier. I was just getting all that kind of feedback, you know? And I thought, all right, listen, uh, I had another friend that said, if you try to wait until it's perfect, you'll never ship it. Yes, yeah, because nothing's <laughs> ever perfect, yes. That's right. He said, hey, ship it, get it out there. And, uh, uh, and I really am not trying to be uh, – this is not a case of false humility. I, I really sincerely believe – and I still do. You know, there there are coaches that are just uh, so much smarter than me on so many levels. If I could just get it out there and get it in their hands, they would see things that I didn't see. Right. And maybe we could all stand on each other, each other's shoulders, and and kind of change the paradigm. This was kind of my vision. Right. This is kind of what motivates me. Motivate motivated me then. Motivates me now is the vision of, you know something, I may be able to impact the game for kids and coaches in a very positive way, maybe make the game. I had just heard Kevin Eastman say in a clinic at Coaching You Live, okay, uh, right in the middle of, of his time in the clinic, he stopped. You know, usually he's on the move while he's talking. Right. You, you know how he does. Yeah. And he just stopped – and kind of, you know, did this looking off into the wild blue yonder, and he said, look, let, let me tell you where the game is going. The game is headed where there are no positions. You're not going to see ones and twos and threes and fours and fives. You're going to see five five players that can just play basketball. They're going to be multi-purpose, uh, multi, uh, you know, yep. uh, they can play in all positions. Right. And he said, now, I don't know how we're going to get there. But we're headed that way. Get ready. Right. And then he went on with the rest of his clinic. Of course, I'm I'm in the stands about to blow a gasket going, I think I've got right. right. I've got the method to move the game to a positionless game. And by the way, now you know, Steve, why I started that story the way I did. Right. Yeah. I mean, has it really – see, people ask me about my record and all this kind of stuff, and I don't really think about that stuff on a day-to-day basis. Have you literally th- sat and thought that you've changed this game? Because you have. Um, and I'm not throwing this around. I mean, 100 years from now, it's like the flex. It's like the triangle. People are going to – the dribble drive. People are going to talk about read and react. Have you thought about that? Yeah, I have. It's and and But it, it does it – mind-boggling. Me. Yeah. It is mind-boggling. Yeah, it has taken uh, a life of its own. You know, right? Uh, yeah. And some of some of the most the funnest 
the one of the most fun things about this is uh, this movement is reading the stories of the coaches out there. Right. You know, they'll email me their stories and tell me what to do. And most of it, Coach, now look, it's really easy for me to, to, to tell you the quantitative ones. Right. But qualitative ones are so much fun. Oh, yeah. We make fun of you all the time, Rick. I'm telling oh, you. you. Right. Oh. That's layer 47. Layer 47. I mean, <laughs> my, my assistant coach can do it. Nate's going to be listening to this. He can do a much better Rick than I can do. But it's like, you know, we just. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. It is over the, the number of layers is overwhelming at times. Like we have narrowed it to like six that yes. we feel like yes. we can really do well. And then well, we add well. things to that. You know, it's like adding yeah. potatoes to the soup or carrots yeah. or something. But we, you know, we've narrowed it to about six that we think we can be pretty good at. Well, you know, that, 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 that came from, Again, back, this is six or seven years before I ever started experimenting with the Read and React. Two things happened. There was a couple of things going on that, that kind of ingredients that went into the soup, you know? Right, yes. One of them was we lost a game. At, we ended our season by not getting to the state tournament on a last-second shot with the best player I ever coached. Best player. He averaged 28 points a game, shot 53% from the three-point line, and signed with Florida State. And the only kid in the school history to play in the Georgia All-Star game. And right. I'm thinking, I can't get to the state tournament <laughs> with this kid. Right. You know? well, right. I must be an idiot. Well, so my assistant and I, Dan Knudsen, we were um, uh, having our last supper, so right. to speak. <laughs> Pun intended there. Right. And, uh, and I said, all right, Dan, go ahead. Tell me what I did wrong, you know. And he said, I really just got one question. In the last two minutes of the game, when it was just back and forth and, you know, people were fouling out and this and, and there's, we're trapping and nobody can run any of their stuff. Did we have the best five basketball players on the floor? And I said, well, not, Dan, we had our best one, our best two, our best three, our best four, our best five. He said, nah, that's not what I asked. Did we have our best five best? And I said, Danny, if I did that, we can't run our system. And here it came. He right. said, maybe there's something wrong with a system that doesn't allow you to put the best five players on the floor. Light bulb. Yep. Boom. Yeah. And now he went on with other questions, but for me, it was like a thorn that got in my brain. And I remember thinking, where, where did I get this? Why do we have to have point guards and fives and posts? And why do we – where do we even get this language from? Or what, you know, right. it just started making me question everything. Am I kind of blinded by tradition, you know? Right. Why can't we do that? Hey, when you go to play pickup, do you say, well, I'm picking you because we need a three, a slasher right. No, no, I know. And the thing is, and I'm, I've, I've, ever since we started doing, it, I've been trying to think about where it started. Was it the, was it the Patino Kentucky teams? Was it Magic? Was it Michael George? I mean, because you know, he had Cartwright, so he had a five. I'm just trying to think of where the shift kind of happened because usually it happens at the NBA and collegiate level before it gets down to us. Right. And right. I, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying. I, I really haven't been able to narrow when that. 
Because it, it, if you look at Villanova, you look at the teams that were in the NCAA this year. It's like that's there's, yeah. there's obviously some big boys out there that are probably quote unquote fives, but they can all shoot. They can all handle the ball. They can all pretty much play anywhere. Right. That's yeah. What I loved about watching them is I'm I'm, and I'm telling you they did some really good stuff. If you if you did not know. The reading react the way you and I do, Steve. Right. You might watch Villanova and go, "Hey, I think they're running that read and react thing." Right. Oh yeah. And, and you uh, got to be able to shoot the ball though, too. You oh, oh. <laughs> that you know, <laughs> made shot covers a multitude of sins, doesn't it? Does. It? it does. <laughs> and I tell and I tell my kids all the time, you can, you might, you anybody can become a shooter. Not everybody can become a scorer, but shooting is just repetition. It's like lifting yeah. weights. You yeah. just got to get in and do it. You know. Um, yeah. All right, so let me we'll, – we'll, we'll, we'll do this out of order. So I'm going to ask you my read and react question. All right. And, then we'll, go, and then we'll go back. All right. So um, off-season recommendations. Do you have off-season recommendations for people that run read and react? Things that you can do. <clears throat> well, you just named it. I Shooting. mean, yes, because um, as you know from experience, the read and react will create shots for you all over the floor. Yeah, layups, inside, three-pointers, two-pointers, off the – you name the type of shot. Right. And and getting good shots, good quality shots, is not the problem. It's that ability to put the ball in the hole. You know, right. That's what, do you have a shot clock in Georgia? No. No, so we don't either. So there's times that we'll come down and it, it takes us 45 seconds to get one, which is crazy. <laughs> Um, and th- and that might go into the second thing. How do yeah. I promote variety in decision making? Because my guys seem to do the same thing every time. They'll pass. Yeah. They'll go screen. I mean, they tend to do the same thing every time. How do you get them to not be like robots, not running the flex offense? Right, right. Well, and that's what you're trying to overcome, right? Right. right. For for your listeners who. Um, are not as familiar as, as you and I are. Right. Uh, there are two um, decision makers. There's more than that at one time, but two primary decision makers. One, uh, you know, and this, and by the way, when I explain this, this explains the difference between the read and react and a pure motion offense. Even though read and react, you get all the benefits of motion. You know, you create right. an athletic ball. Yep. Uh, you move players, you got spacing, and – Yep. Boom, good things happen. You break the defense down. And you train – You train. this boils down to training players how to take advantage of uh, breakdowns on defense. But the difference is, in redirect, the ball handler is the decision maker. Everyone else, as you know, must hold their spots, watch you, see what you do, and then they react with the one thing that we've all drilled them to do based on what's being done with the ball. If you drive right, you do something. If you drive left, they do something. If you right. blah, blah, blah. Okay. And, and that way you don't have five uh, chiefs out there, right? right? You've got one chief. Yep. And, then, and then, so there, that's one I want to discuss with you. The other one is if a player gives up the ball, if they pass anywhere, uh, the so first an easy, ball, so an easy one would be somebody brings the ball up and they pass it to yeah. the wing. Yep. Right. And okay. Cut, right? Yep. Uh, yep. And read and react again. The difference between a motion offense and read and react is 
that player must cut to the basket. Right. Okay. Not yep. just cut anywhere, but to the basket because we're going. They're, they're they are our first scoring option. Okay. We're going yep. to put pressure on the rim. But the moment that player's feet hit the uh, lane, <clears throat> we allow them to become a, an independent decision maker. That's when we give them decisions back. Hey, Coach, I hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as I am. Please go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day free trial, one-on-one calls, office hours. Um, we, I just came back from a clinic. We have all sorts of new stuff that's going to be going up. We have youth, uh, youth clinics. Um, we just filmed a, a, an hour worth of youth defense. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to do some on-drill stuff with that. Um, we just came back from Atlanta and did a whole – 10 hours worth of uh, some of the Hall of Fame coaches from from the Atlanta, Georgia area. So go over and check it out. Prices are going to be increasing soon. So if you're thinking of getting in, get in now. Um, Prices are going to be increasing sometime in October, 15 to 20%. So I hope you're enjoying this. Back to the podcast. At the pull of the pass, no, they've got a cut. Right. But as soon as their feet hit that lane, if they've not gotten the ball, they can do a number of things. You just name – you name it, and of course we've got a layer for it. <laughs> <laughs> we do, but really, it's just all of the things that you could do in basketball without the ball if you were in the lane. Right. Yeah. I could post up. I could screen for another post player and then get myself open. I could go back screen anybody on the perimeter. I could set a pin screen. I could use a pin screen. I could set or use a brush screen if another cutter's coming. Through. I mean, this just goes on and on and on and on. Right. right? Right. Now, so back to your – so for the listeners listening, there's one decision-maker with the ball that trumps everybody. But there's at least one other decision-maker going uh, making decisions that could affect the next action, and it's that player who is either stopped and posted up in the lane or is cutting through the lane. Right. Okay. So now to your question. Right. <laughs> Decision making, okay. You uh, so first we got to talk about which one we're we talking about: ball handler or the one cutting through the lane. Well, I think after they get rid of the ball, they tend to do the same. They they cut, but then they tend to do the same thing. They'll either screen away or they'll. Right. I mean, they they get very. When I've charted it, they get yeah. very robotic, and yes. you know the kid that posts up is is the kid that posts up. He's not the right. kid that sets the back screen, or he's not the kid that brushes. I mean. Yep. How do you break yep. them of that habit? Okay, great, great question. Great coaching question, too. But uh, I'm going to give you an analogy from uh, uh, from jujitsu. Uh, you know, it's a wrestling yep. uh, type of submission uh, um, sport that <clears throat> my instructor would teach um, a, uh, a, say, uh, one particular move, okay? Yep. And, of course, there's a counter move to that that your yep. opponent's got to do, right? Right. So you you teach it, and then you set up the drill, and you do it, right? Well, immediately, your mind goes to what ifs. Well, can, yeah. can, I, can I do this too? And then, But what if he does this? Can I do this? Very – well, the instructor would never let us go on, okay? Okay. Now, there's a, there's a few really gifted people. LeBron James is one of yeah. them. Yes, yes, that could go. Oh yeah, I can see all of the options here and do and choose the correct one based on my opponent. 
But for the rest of us mere mortals, yes. <laughs> we, my instructor would say, no, I want you to do this one, this particular move, or this particular counter to that move over and over and over and over and over and over. And then once we could do it without thinking, then he went to the next one and said, okay, here's your, here's your next one, because that, that one's going to get stopped. Okay. So here's your, and I want you to stay here and drill and drill and drill and drill. And, of course, I resisted and stuff, but over time, these all of the options became habit, you know, based right. on how the deep, my opponent is playing me. Well, analogously, I think you must give – and you could give all the cutters the same one or you could customize it. Joe, when your feet hit the lane, I always want you to do blank. Okay. Ooh, I like that. Like, yeah, yeah like I have a kid. Like, every yeah. time you go in, you should post up. No, yeah. every time you go in, you should look for a layup or yeah. scream away. Okay, yeah. I like that. I like and that. Bill, Bill, since you are the best three-point shooter, I always want you hitting the lane and then back screening someone one pass away from the ball. Right, because then you're ready for your three. Yeah, yeah. you're going to yeah. shape up to shoot, right? Right. It doesn't take Bill long to learn that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a there has to be a benefit, though, sometimes, too. I have to show them oh. that. It's like, if you set this screen, then you are going to be open, too. It's the, you know, hey, egocentric hey, kind of. What you just said might be the most important part of teaching the reader at. Right. I'm lying. What you just said may be the most important is how do you sell it? Right. Got to sell it to the kids like, like, look, hey, here's why you're not doing Bill's decision, Joe, because this is how we're going to take advantage of your strengths right now and hide your weaknesses. This you're going to help our team by blank. Right. Right. Now, later on, later on, Joe, we're going to add to this. Right. We're going to start to develop. But for right now, I don't want you making, you know, six different decisions in there. Right. You know, I want you to always set a pin screen. I want you to always stop and post up in the short corner. You you name it, right? Right. Now, once they get good at that, now I'm talking about the individuals. Right. Once they get that, then based on their strength and weaknesses, you go on and you add another one. But right. hey, let me give you a great example of this, okay? Okay. This was about four or five years ago. Uh, Delphi University, Division Two up in um, New York, I think. Yep. Uh, uh, they had a point guard come in. Her name was Ando Tron. I think she's coaching now, or she might still be playing over in Europe. She came in. Uh, hey, Steve, this is this is the consummate point guard you want. Listen, to right. this. I mean, she'd already watched, studied knew the language of the entire read and react before stepping on the floor at, at, at Adelphi. Right. I mean, this is the coach's dream. Right. Okay. He's coaching the other girls, right. telling them what reactions they should be. I mean, it's like having a coach on the floor. Okay. Right. She's their best three point shooter and she can get to the rim. Now she's the smallest player on the floor, but she can get to the rim. She's fast. She's a good ball handler. goes right or left. Best three point shooter. All right. The first four or five games was disastrous for her. So the coach called me and said, hey, could you do like a uh, Skype with her, a little one-on-one, and just find out what's going on in her brain, you know? So I did, and, and I asked her, and 
and uh, and she because I'd watched the games and 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 I said, well, what seems to be your problem? And she said, look, when I hit the lane, and she started going through all the different things that she could do, and she was ticked that her teammates were not responding to this. Right. You know? yeah. Each one of these, you know. Yeah. Yes. My, my post is at the high post, Coach. So when I cut to the basket, if I don't get it, then I turn and I make the Utah screen, and then right. I'm looking to shape up. I mean, she's going into stuff like that, right? Right. And, and her <laughs> – her center doesn't know what the Utah. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I, it's, yes, it's simplifying the layers. Yes. She, yes. So <laughs> she was just paralyzed by all the things and why aren't they? And I said, okay. And listen, I, I'd love to tell you that I'm just was brilliant here, but I, this was a shot in the dark and it worked. And I said, hey, let's try this, and then we'll get back together later. And I said, let's simplify things. Um, I said, you're you're the smallest on the floor, right? She said, yeah. I said. Well, I'll tell you what, when you hit the lane, I only want you to do one of two things, one of two, just two decisions. On the first one, go set a screen for your post wherever she's at. Now, they played their post everywhere. Right. High post, full corner, mid post, weak side, strong. I said, because they will not want to switch that, right? Right, yep. Little with you, they will not want to switch that. And I didn't have to tell her to play off of that. You know, after she sets the screen, she's going to take her her next best action is going to be good. Okay, and then I said, "Now you're also the best three point shooter, right?" And she said, "Yes." <laughs> you know, I mean, right. she, you know, <laughs> she yes, I am. and I said, "Then you, if you don't set a screen for your um, post, then go set a back screen for one of your teammates that are one spot away from the ball and shape up for the three. Okay, Steve. I never had to call back. We never had another call. That totally because it simplified. Yes, and now she was decisive and aggressive right. and intentional with, with yep. her actions in yep. there. Yeah, she went on to do some others, but just getting her started down a simple for her two decisions. Well, I think you can do that. I know you can do that uh, with every one of your players. Give them one. Start with one. Right. And by the way, someone watching your team. They won't know. Uh, no, they won't. Only you know what their decision is when they hit the lane, you know? Right, right. And, and then you build on it. Then you build on the layers because then it's like, okay, your season starts in November and ends in March. By December, you're maybe adding a second move. And then because yep. they're, and then you give them a two That's or three right. weeks doing that. And then you add another one. It's perfect teaching things. I agree. I never had thought about that, though. And some some kids you can you their cups bigger than others, yes. so you can put more in it. <laughs> right. This one. This is where. This is why I can't put that. I'm just not good enough to put that on DVD. You know. Right. Right. You and, me? Yeah. I mean, and, I it, and it's like. And I. And it's like. Well, I teach. I'm a math teacher. Like you. You're a math teacher. I saw. And anyway, it's like I tell them the first day or first week of school. I say John here might spend five minutes on the homework. And Susie might spend 43 minutes on the homework. You can all do it. If, you know, some of you have strengths in some classes and others. And, you know, that's where building on. I, I think that's perfect. All right. What would your ideal shot chart look for, like, for the uh, read and react? If I gave you a <laughs> shot chart, what would it look like? All, uh, all inside the uh, restricted art. <laughs> you think so? Could, could that uh, happen? Well, no. No, it no. can't. Of course it can't. Uh, but I'm basing that on uh, 
you know, the shot charts, if you look them up, you know, online and stuff, uh, you look at the numbers, the highest, the, the most points per shot you'll get are shots that are inside the restricted area. Yep. Because they also lead to free throws. Yep. Okay, so it's it's not just the two that you're getting. You're getting a you know, right. five there as well. The next highest is the corner three-point shot. I know, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? So counterintuitive. I, I know, the I know. That's teacher and me just thinks that uh, I just can't, I can't, I know. I know Numbers it. don't lie. Numbers don't lie. Yeah. I know. What, once I start watching, it's just unbelievable. You will, go back and watch the NCAA tournament and just watch the corner threes. It's unreal. So defensively, so defensively, you should have a counter to that. I'm just yeah. thinking the other side of the court for the people listening yeah. is you got to take away that corner three. You got to run. <laughs> hey, forget closeouts. You got to run people off of that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You got right. to change their shot. That or they got to be in the second row of the bleachers. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Um, the next, the next yeah. highest is any is any other three. Right. The next highest, well, now we're getting to the lowest, is right. the mid-range jumper. Which is lost. The game yeah. has lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and you, this is going to surprise a lot of listeners, okay? But the lowest percentage shot is in the lane outside the restricted area. Oops. In the lane. In the lane, outside that charge. For people who don't know, it's the charge semicircle. Yeah. 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 Outside. Wow. Yes. Now, the highest is inside. Right. That. Because it's a layup, basically. It's a layup. Yeah, it's right. You know, it's that third grade. We call it like a third grader. Right. Can make. I, always tell, I always tell my boys, the easiest shot in basketball is the free throw. And they look at me and they go, what do you mean? It's not easier in a layup. I go, yes, it is, because it doesn't change. Layups yeah. change because you have oh. defenders there. Um, you could shoot in Wyoming. A free throw in Wyoming is the same as a free throw in Maine. They are the exact same distance. The rim is the exact same height. Nothing's changing. But man, layups. What well, you know? Is it off of one foot? Is it off of two feet? Is it where is my defender? What angle do I have? Right. On that? Yeah. Is there a help defender near me? Am I leaving the ground from the same spot? Right. I mean, it's variables there there's a lot of variables okay so last one on read and react then we'll get to some a couple other ones i have what cuts or actions do you think will give your team the most open looks and they and and my assistant sent me this one and he said don't take it depends as the answer (laughs) (laughs) so john if you're listening that's for you it says what cuts or actions do you think will give your team the most open looks in the read and react now he said actions like so like like cut like a like a cut or a back screen or those kind of things actions. Okay, so he's he's not saying uh, one action. Okay, no. Okay, good, good. No. good. I don't think I can answer that. No, but he says the most the ones you think are the best for for getting good looks. All right. Okay. <clears throat> I think it is. And it's probably not the initial cut to the paint because we have not had as much luck with that. Sure, sure. And I, by the way, would you remind me, uh, would you ask me about just cutting to yep. the left? Yep. Yeah, yep. I want to tell you something about that. Okay. Uh, so actions that the actions you think that will get the most open looks in the read okay. react. Yes. All right. Uh, the 
the first two, and, and you know something, as soon as this podcast is over, I'll think of something. I'll come up with something else. All right, you can send it to me. I'll put it in the show notes for the people that are listening. All right. But here's what I'm trying. Here's how I'm trying to answer this. Okay. For the most teams on the most levels. Right. Okay. Because as soon as you start, that's why he doesn't. And I would say to- most of the people listening to this are 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 youth coaches and our yeah. high school coaches. Okay. So they're from we're dealing with kids that are 10 10 to 12 to 18. I mean, there's yeah. other people that listen all over the world. But I mean, I, that I would think that's the demographic that's listening to. All right. Them. We're talking percentages here. Okay. Yeah. Two acts and I'm going to say two. There's two. And it's um and and one of these, well, both of these have varieties in them, but uh it's drafting. Now, okay. drafting is okay. So, a team, there's let me give you a couple of examples. <clears throat> um, uh, Steve, you pass the ball to me and you cut, you are on my right, okay, and you pass the ball to me and cut. If I catch it and immediately drive right as if I'm trying to follow you to the goal, okay, like two race cars drafting each other. That's okay. where we get the draft. I'm right. drafting you. Yep. The reason that that gives more good, uh, um, more good opportunities is two twofold here. One, you're taking away on your cut if you're, and this is why, Steve. I don't care if you ever score on a passing cut. I really don't. Does but it happen you, a lot? Because we were not, we have not been successful with that cut. That no, no, yeah. you're, no, uh, and and uh, that's what I want to talk about here, here okay. in a second. There's okay. multiple reasons for cutting and scoring is just one of them. You can't depend on that, no. Right. Uh, 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 but see, if you, are, if you are cutting after passing to me, and you're cutting as trying to get the ball back, legitimately trying to get the ball back, your defender's going with you and is guarding you all the way to the rim, yes? Yes. Well, that's my – you just took the first natural helping defender to my right with you. Okay. There is no help defense on my drive going right right now. I agree. In fact, the only the only help would be uh, – let me draw a picture in everybody's mind. Let me back okay. up. I'm at the top of the key. Okay. You're on – facing the go, you're on my right. Okay. Okay. Yep. So when you pass, you're passing uphill to me. Yep. And you're cutting, and I'm driving right. Now, if no one else is in the right corner, right. when I draft you, there's no help defense. Right. Because you've taken the only one that, that could, could help. Could, could do it, yeah. And it's got to be a cut that you want to score on. Yeah. Are my yeah. players listening to that? you got to want to score yeah. on that cut. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not false <laughs> offense. You might right. be open if you cut really hard. Right. 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 Okay, now. Let's rewind that. If there was a player, a teammate in the right corner, mm-hmm. and you passed to me, cut, and then I drove right, I'm oh, beating right. the next helping defender. And right. even at high levels, you and I know who's supposed to rotate in there and help. Right. <laughs> you know they don't get there. They don't Nine get times there. out of ten. Now, right. let me back, back back this up. I'm drawing a picture if you're drawing this out, right? Yep. 
Okay, so let's back up again. You've got the ball on the wing. You throw uphill to me. You cut. Now, the moment your feet start moving, Steve, doesn't the guy in the corner, isn't he supposed to start filling up your spot? He's supposed to rise up, yep. He's supposed to start. So at, he's starting to fill up as I'm starting to drive. Yes? Right, yes. Now, we know from the redirect that if I drive right, he's supposed to move one spot to his right. So he's got to stop and go back to the corner, yes? Right, yes. All right, so I got a question for you. If his defender does rotate in there and stop me on my draft drive right behind you, I've got a natural pitch to the corner. His, for a three. Yeah. yeah. His defender's going to be wrong either way. If right. he stays, I'm getting to the rack with no help defense. Right. If he helps, we're throwing to the high percentage shot inside out. Right. You, you just said the second best shot in basketball in that corner yeah. three. And then literally if I'm playing that position, my hands are like this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Throw, now, me the so, ball. Throw me the so ball. I put yeah. that in drills. I mean, that's a great right. combo drill. Right. It's a pass, cut, draft, drive, okay. natural pitch drill. Okay. okay. So that's number one. That's number one. Uh, now, by the way, uh, every time the ball is passed, there is a chance for a team, the receiver – to draft that cutter. That's why I'm picking that action. Okay. okay? There's yep. a chance. And also, I know that every cutter could be open, but you're talking about passing to them and them catching on the move and scoring. And as you and I know, and every listener knows, those are the weakest skills all the way around in the game of basketball. Yep. But most players like trying to get downhill on a drive, get to the right. basketball. Yep. They're all practicing that. And you're getting right? and you know what? Okay. And oh I got a question I gotta ask later. Yeah. But you know what they um and they'll get the foul call. I've noticed that the driver can tends to get the foul call too. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You just lean in on the person. Right. You know, as long but as you the cutter but the cutter doesn't. That's what we've noticed. That the cutter doesn't tend they tend to hold and bump and do that to the cutters. And they let and that doesn't that. get called. And yeah, that, boy, that is. I, I, I wish the whole officiating association could hear that. Amen. I'm telling you that that's my biggest harp. It's like, yeah. why can you hold when he's cutting, and you? I can't run my offense. <laughs> right. I mean, I can't. I literally say I can't run my offense if they're holding my guy cutting to the basket. See, what? Why don't? Why can't the offensive player hack those arms off of them? Right. Yes, and that, and, that, and that that does hinder the read and react when yep, they're not does. calling that. It does. No, you're, you're right. Freedom of movement. Well, I, I think your, your best counter to that is, um, is you've just got to get the players in the ball moving faster. Then they faster. have less chance to uh, step in and get into your body and, and – you know, and tag your body. Now, there's other little counters for this, and it's that if they are trying to bump you and get an arm bar on you when you're cutting, use that as a trigger to make your decision. Okay. Okay, so, uh, you know, you, like you said, you pass to me and you cut, right? Right. And I'm arm you're barring you. You're, hey, stop and post them up, and I'll throw it to because usually – when they're up next to you like that trying to body, it's real easy to leg whip, 
swim okay. move and post them up, right? Okay. All right. The other one is use that as a signal to go back screen right away. Just forget the cut. Forget, okay. Forget, not forget the cut, but forget finishing the cut. Right. And go on and screen for whoever. That so might the back be, screen will counter that. Yes. Now, okay. uh, I was women a couple of years ago. I remember watching that. They, they didn't run it uh, this year, but a couple of years ago, they, their post player would be on the weak side. All right. They would always start on the weak side. So, yep. so the, say the poet passes the wing and cuts. Okay. If she cuts through unhindered, untouched, she would go on and do her thing, you know, right. back screen on all this. But if any cutter ever cut and they got bumped or they got arm barred, stood up, they took it as a signal to screen for the post and invite the post over. Uh, See, the okay. post is on the weak side, right? Okay, yep. We even got to calling that an invitation screen. Okay. okay so you get stood up as a cutter. You get stopped. Oh, darn. Well, don't fight it. Just, hey, okay, I'm going to go invite the post player over. Okay. And now you got a cross screen and, okay. Right. In there. Okay. So, that, that's, so, so, that's, so you gave me one. I want another one. What was, that was the first one. one. Yeah. After the draft. Hey, by the way, okay. And before I leave the draft. Yep. See, any dribble at can turn into a draft. So let's go back to our situation. I now have the ball at the top of the key. Okay. You are on my right wing, yep. Steve. I dribble at you. You cut. If right. I turn the corner and draft you, you've taken – Your guy. Yeah. You've taken the first helping defender away from – So right. a dribble at draft drive. Okay. You know, I don't have to wait for the ball to be passed to me. Right. I could dribble at any teammate, send them to the go, and draft them immediately. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Hey, look, look, that takes a little more than um, – yeah, you yeah. do have to teach a little uh, body language, yep. change of speed, leaning in low with your shoulder, that kind right. of thing. But if you've got a little bit of deception in you as a player, a little bit of craftiness, right? every dribble at, it's an opportunity for two people. The person you're dribbling at might be open, and then you could turn the corner. Corner. Okay. And draft them. Okay, okay. So draft drive. All right. The next one I would say to give you the most is pen screens. Okay. Because there's the ver there's such a wide variety and so few teams do them. And do them well. And do them well. <laughs> and when they're done well, there's two people that's possibly open, the screener and the person you're throwing to, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. So you get that whole, well, do you slip the screen or do you – or after you set the pin screen, the, the pin screener is rolling to the basket. They get the post up. Whoever catches the skip pass feeds the post. Screening is a lost art. Oh, big time. Well, Don't let me you tell you. Hey, yes. Now, hey, uh, here – I can't There's believe – There's your I'm, next video right there. Screens. I'm going to give you a million-dollar – I can't believe I'm giving this away. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to do it right now. Okay. All right, here you go. I want you to get some jerseys or T-shirts made that says, pin me on the back of them. Right. On the back of them. Okay. And your defense has got to wear them. Okay. Okay. Now, if you're on offense 
and you can see the words pin me you're the one that should be setting the pin screen oh i like that yeah just yeah. Out, now get on a board and play with it and you're going to see that pin screens are always set by players two or more spots away from the ball they're never it's never the uh responsibility no. of a player one pass away right from the, they're reading the ball and reacting quickly right but players that are two or more away they have an angle and they can see if the defenders are helping and sagging right and they'll see them from their back that's why i say that's great there's your mil- hey i'll give you my million dollar idea you know, you know those game, those things we used to wear as kids that you play laser tag with and stuff, and they. Oh, light yeah. Okay, so spacing is horrible, and read and react is all about spacing. So what I think you should do is get some sort of thing you could put on a practice jersey. When you get too close, it 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 um it flashes. So you know, so it's about spacing. It's like soccer could use it, basketball could use it. It's all about spacing, and then you could change the distance between the spacings. Um, I love it. Um, yeah, because you got you want to get to the spots, you know. Right, right. In the re- yeah, and they're they. It's like you're too close. You're too far. You know, you're never in the right spot. Um, yeah, Dick Helm used to say, you know, uh, uh, I had him uh, help me with uh, uh, dynamic defense. It was his. It was his defense, and he gave it to me and said, "Hey, uh, you know, put some meat on the the bones and turn this right. into a course." And so right. I did. And in talking to him. Uh, we, we, you can't talk defense without talking offense and vice right. versa, right? right? And he said, look, uh, it was just kind of a by-the-way thing. And he said, look, Rick, uh, um, we were talking about, you know, wh- what's the toughest thing to defend? That's kind of the way the conversation was going. Yep. He said, uh, I'm not going to name offenses. I'm just going to say great offenses have three things, three aspects. Spacing, player movement, and ball movement. Yep. If you can get all three of those, is now. Okay, so everybody them, pause right now and rewind that because that's big. Okay. Yes. Spacing, <laughs> player movement, ball movement. Yes. He said, now look, an okay offense will have one of those. A good offense will have two of them. Great offenses have three, all three. Right. And, and so that's react has that. Yeah, that's why, Steve, you said the spots are so important. I mean, that's why we actually put physical spots down to train them. It's that important. Right, yeah. We use, like, the gym tape kind of thing and put it, like, this is your – yes. First of all, I I also think the court's too small for kids now. I think the court needs to get bigger. Well, I tell you, you're watching the NCAA tournament. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, I'm – I, I agree with you. It's you gotta, know, something's got to change. That and the NBA, you're watching, and it's like, okay, these guys should have a bigger coach. Okay, so I, I coach Wesley. Wesley's 6'4". He plays for the Mavericks. Yeah. He looks tiny. He looks like a – I mean, and he's not tiny. He's like a linebacker when he comes yeah. into the gym, and it's like yeah. he looks tiny, you know, because yeah. those guys are so big. All right, so I'm going to ask you a couple generic questions, okay. and, right. then, and then – um. I think I could go for another hour, but we'll do another one. I promise oh. we'll do another one. All right. Um, if, if you could go back to yourself as a younger coach, what would you tell yourself? Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay. That's easy. Uh, I don't want to get specifics, okay, like offenses, defenses, and stuff like that. What I would do, absolutely, this is without a shadow of a doubt, is I would get a 
maybe more than one mentor. And when I say mentor, I mean someone that comes, maybe a, a, a retired coach. See, I think we're very guilty in the basketball community of getting enamored with youth. When you get – when there, there are coaches that, you know, at, at the point of their retirement, they've got a lifetime – they've forgotten more basketball mm-hmm. than you know at that right. time. And they're looking to still be involved. They just don't want the grueling schedule. And they yep. got right. Yep. To be able to go to a mentor there and say, look, would you, a retired coach, and say, would you be my mentor? Would you come and watch my games and take notes? Would you, if you can come to a practice and watch yep. my practice. Can you come scout me? I tell, co- I tell young yeah. coaches this all the time. It's like I have people self-scout me. I have them come watch practices. I mean, I'm still learning. I've been doing this for 30 years, you know. Oh, it, the, moment you, the moment you stop learning in this game, the moment you think you know everything. and that, yeah. yeah, there and is Mono, no Mono's really good at that. PGC, Mono's really good about that. You know, oh, mentoring. He's the best. He's, the best. he's so he's good. He's the best. The whole, the whole PGC curriculum is the best. So, hey, if I could go back and there was a PGC around, right? I would become a disciple. Oh, yeah. Oh, now, I look, am. It's this, a cult. It's a cult. Oh, it's a good cult, Mono. I'm, I'm kidding, but it's a good one. But yeah. Absolutely good. <laughs> um, all right. If you can think of one coaching moment that you could dive into for our audience that they could learn from, is there one moment in your coaching career that you could we could just dive and kind of dissect? That you could learn from. Learn. Yeah, that, that another coach could learn from. Someone that's listening to this, that something that happened to you, um, one of mine was one of my players got hurt. It was a it was a momentous. It was a big game. I learned about communication. I learned about some other things at that point. Um, any moment in your coaching career, you yes, could be a, yeah, I, I got it. I okay. got it. Okay, um, we we started this season with a with a a point guard that. Uh, got hurt. Okay, got hurt and didn't didn't come back. And I had to go to a two guard. This two guy, really, it's more of a three. Okay, he'd never played point, but he was the best ball hunter. I knew he was the smartest. Right. He's got a pedigree now. And I, what I'm saying is, his brothers were great players. His father, I think, owned uh, the state of Georgia high school scoring record, something like that. It was okay. Yeah. Just, just a great. Heck of a pedigree, and so I asked him to um, to uh, be the point guard. Well, we stunk for a little while, and I could tell from his body language, you know, he wasn't happy. Right. Okay? And then something happened. Okay, and I think there's two things you can learn here. Something happened, and we began to win. We began to do some really good things. The kid's name was Paul Kenny. If Paul's listening, anybody knows Paul Kenny. Uh, uh, that's who it was. And and uh, I would have a timeout, let's say. And I always like to try to let them out. Or I didn't want to use the whole time in a timeout, right? Get your three things and then get, get going, okay? Yep. And and so tell them the three things. And they would leave. They'd, they'd go far enough out on the floor that I couldn't hear. And they'd hold another huddle. And I could see Paul tugging jerseys. You know what I mean? Right. 
talking to someone at Greg. Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um, you know, Rick has so many great things to say to all of us. Um, I'm going to try to get him on again to talk about zones and some things. I have some questions I have about read and run the read and react with the zone. I'm going to try to get him on in the next couple months. Um, go over, make sure you subscribe and like, please. We love that. Um, if you're looking for some free resources, go over and check us out on, on teach hoops on YouTube. We have thousands of videos over there. If you're looking to take your coaching to the next level, now is the time to get in teach hoops.com 14 day free trial. Prices are going to be going up anywhere from 15 to 20% in the next month. As soon as the, as soon as the program and I get everything kind of situated, we, I thought we were ready, but we're we, probably in the next two or three weeks, we got to get everything uploaded. We got to transfer people over. Um, but go over and check it out, teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Let's get back to the podcast with Rick. Someone to grab, t- not, not mean, right. but, you know, just reaching and holding the jersey, saying something. I never knew what he was saying. I didn't know if he was repeating what I was saying, if he was making, okay. But he started holding these little miniature, us five, no more, coaches not in here, team not in here, us. Right. And I noticed that that started happening. When that started happening, we started winning. We started good things started happening, right? Right. Okay. So I was, I think I was smart enough to leave it alone. That's what I think. I really do. Yeah. I, I'm proud of myself for shutting up. Yeah. And also for from that point on, I started getting even shorter in my timeouts. I wanted to give Paul as much time as he could. And this this idea of I don't need to be the one saying everything, leading everything. I need to be building this. I want to duplicate what Paul's doing next year and the year after and year. Now, how do I do that? I don't have drills for that. No right. one's ever taught me that. Right. I've got to learn how to. And this is leadership. This is communication. This is, yep. right? Right. Uh, now, uh, another lesson that goes with that, okay, was this. At the end of the season, at the end of the season, uh, I saw his dad. His dad was one of those good parents, okay? Right. Because ordinarily, I don't talk to parents, okay? Unless <laughs> it's about their academics or something yep. like that. Like Bobby Knight said, best coaching jobs in an orphanage. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so that's, Well, that's why I think many coaches want to get to the colleges. They use the 500-mile recruiting rule. Right, yes. They recruit them away from their parents. You know? Yeah. But anyway. Uh, so I, I talked to his dad, and, uh, and I said, what happened there? You know, I took him back to that time when that started. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, the kids were coming over to my house, and they were doing all the crying and complaining and, you know, and bad-mouthing and all this. And he said, um, and, and, of course, they're, they're going to blame Coach, you know. Well, Coach right. doesn't like me. Coach doesn't do this. Coach said, right. Yeah. And he said, uh, he said, I finally had enough. And he said, uh, when the kids were gone, I pulled Paul aside. And I said, let's just go through every point that was being made here. And let's, let's talk about how much the coach has control of these things. And he did. And then he said, Paul, the one's not your position, but you, you, it, it's time to lead. Forget position. We need a leader. We need someone who knows how to win. We need it, right? Right. And he's the one. He's the one that, that got Paul to start doing that, right? Now I le- so I learned another valuable lesson. If you can find that jewel of a parent right. that can work with your your team, and by the way, I mean, he met with the team, 
he had because they went over to his house right between school and practice and so he would have a chance to you know drop a few gems in there you right. know, and talk and they respected him because they right. knew what kind of and they knew what he's talking about you know i did something several years ago too it was not this year but the previous year i had i don't go in the huddle right away i talked to my coaches before i go to the huddle two years ago i pulled my point guard and said you're going to be part of this group that's how much yeah. I respect. And it was like, we just, it was like this because wow. it was like, because he felt part of the, he felt part of the system. And it's like, I don't, you know, I, you guys, I, and I, I'm to the point where I asked them opinions in timeouts. I like, what do you want to run? <laughs> well, now, in the redirect, right. I hate to keep going back to redirect, yeah. but you know how easy that is. Right. Yeah. I mean, that should be happening almost organically. Yes, it should be. Yeah, because they're making the moment by moment decisions out there. They're right. just kind of hiding the big stuff. Yes, you know. <laughs> really? uh, I, I, um, like what would you tell? Out. What would you tell a young coach if they wanted to get into coaching? Um, I would tell them. Well, first of all, the mentor thing. Yep. Second of all, I would, I would be. Uh, very careful about um, just taking a job for taking a job. Now, sometimes you do, but I understand that. But you need to hit your wagon to someone that you can learn from. Right. Now, that was a mistake I made. I came out of college and lucked up, took a, a the highest classification in, in Tennessee, size school. Wow. And I took a head, head job. Right and out of course, college? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right out of college. And you know what I'm thinking. You know what I'm thinking. I'm 23. What, what do you think? You think, think you're going to win a state title is what yeah, you think. So well, of course. <laughs> they know. I know more than everybody. Someone, <laughs> someone who appreciates my knowledge of the right. game. They right. know I don't need an assist. You know, you're young right. at that yeah. time. Like, I know how to play. I, I must know how to coach. And right. just got my head handed to me. Holy right. cow. Yeah. So I started trying to uh, surround my, my my assistants were coaches that were uh, back in those days. They were coaches that had been former head coaches, getting close to retirement. That's who I was surrounding myself. Yeah, your circle, your circle yeah. is really important. I tell people your circle, and and you can see. I mean, be be a student of the game. These are you know these are basketball books or not basketball books, but. You know, there's there's John Gordon books. But I mean, there's all sorts of good books back here. Well, you, that'd, be the, that'd be the second thing. You just stole it from me is that uh, uh, I coached it. Well, it wasn't until about eight, 1988 that I, uh, <clears throat> when I moved to Atlanta, I, I decided that, you know something, Rick, you've been trying it your way based on experience and your playing days and all that kind of stuff. Hey, and let's face it, I'm basically doing most of the stuff that my high school or college coaches did. Right. That's what you do. Yeah. yeah. That's what you do, right? <laughs> oh, gosh. My know? high school coach ran the flex. Guess what my yeah. first offense was? And, and was I'm a, I, you're saying I should expect different results just because it's me doing it? Right. Not, yeah. Not, yeah. Come on. Right? right. So uh, when I moved to Atlanta, I, I made a, a pact with myself that I was going to pretend that I knew nothing about the game and ask myself this question if you did know nothing about the game what would you do and you're about to coach what would you do well you would you would 
take a look, first of all, figure out who the best teachers of the game are and become absolute disciples of them. Yes. Just absolute. So at that point, for me, it was convenient to go to uh, David Lipscomb in Nashville. Don Meyer. Oh, you don't have to tell me about Don Meyer. Oh, my God. I still yeah. find I still find you'll laugh at this. The people are listening, but you I still find like you know he used to hand out all those things in different. Oh, colors. I've got notebooks. You want to go bring my notebooks? I swear to God, <laughs> I know, and I still find them. I find them at school. It's like oh, there's one. Of, there's one of that. I mean, there's a guy that changed the game too. Oh, didn't I mean, he? Yeah, didn't he? And yeah. yeah, so I went to. He had a clinic that you had to pay for in the spring, and then he had a free one in the fall. I went to two. I went to 22 clinics in a row before I missed one. That's crazy. 11 straight years. I didn't miss with him. And I, I and it was, it's not that I was poly parroting him because right. I couldn't. Right. I mean, he would recruit, it, you know, it, you had to be able to shoot a three. Right. Or you had to be, have all American potential in the post. Right. That's about, you yeah. know, that's about it. And the thing is, I think that's a good point you just made there is, and this is, a, this is an educational thing. You're, you want to take all this knowledge and put it in, and then you have to pick what's going to fit you. Um, and I've said this, I've told this story. I was under seven head coaches before I got my first job. And I took, I, and because I've been successful because of those seven people, because I took a little piece of each one of them and I said, Ooh, I like that. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, I like that. And then, because don't, there's no other, you know, Jay right. Wright. There's one Jay Wright. There's one right. Bobby Knight. There's one Coach K. So you have to be your own person. You yeah, know? Boy, that's good. That's a Don Meyerism right there. Yeah. Be who you are. You can't be anybody else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I would also, I would advise young uh, coaches or anybody coming into the game that, that um, um, just get used to the thought, that no one's going to love it as much as you do. No one's going to be as dedicated to it as you do. It, you're going to run across a gym here and there, but I'm, you know, most of, like if you're in high school or youth, you are a small part time-wise of these kids' days and everything that they've got going on, okay? And uh, uh, now I think you are more impactful than anybody else right. in their entire day. Well, and, and, and a point that I make to the, all the young coaches, I've said this a thousand times, I'll say this a thousand, you do, I do not want to be a kid's last coach. Right. Oh, that's excellent. I don't want to be, the, you know, if I'm, especially if I'm a youth coach, I don't want to be their last basketball coach because if I'm their last basketball coach, it means they stopped. Right. You know, I, w- I don't want to be the last coach. I want to be part of that journey along the line for them. Right. Well, now, see, I'm going to turn this back on the reading rack, but I, you know what? I mean, this is the things you're going to, uh, you're, the things you're covering right now were motivating factors in creating the reading rack because I, look, I coached negatively many years. You know? Bobby Knight, baby. It's a Bobby yeah. Knight era. I mean, yeah. look, uh, and look, you can get results from negative reinforcement. You just can't build long term relationships with that. You just can't. No. And so, and you cannot recruit the energy and creativity from players that way. It just being making it miserable, you know. Right. And so, 
You know, when you were talking about helping them with their decisions, see, again, I, I wanted to sell read and react, not hey, let's take something like passing. Right. Okay. I didn't want to all my coaching life, it was I need you to pass and share the ball to be a good teammate. Come on, right? Right. right. Yeah. And and in the ring react, and of course you're fighting when I say that, you know, you're having right. to fight at the same time. You want a player to be aggressive, take what the defense gives, and yet you want them to share the ball. Do you hear the contradiction in my voice? I mean, what? Right. You hear this contradiction in this message? Right. How does a kid decide, should I run the player? Should I, you know, no one's between me and the goal. Should I take it and go? I mean, when, right? right. If I turn yeah. it over, coach is going to, you know, yank me for not running the play. There's problems that I wanted to be able to say, look, I want you to pass because couple of things i only want you to pass if you can't beat this guy and if you can't beat the guy we're going to give you a chance at scoring the moment you pass you're going to be our first option right that's i think that's a lot more positive and will recruit his energy than to say just be a good teammate and right. share the ball i know what share the ball means it means you don't want me to shoot and you want joe over here to shoot right you know? well i didn't want to do that well, now, if that's not good enough, then I want to tell them, look, you are much better. I am going to show you how to get your shot without the ball. Right. So when you hit the lane, I want you – and here we go with everything else in the read and react. And do you work so, on showing uh, – on how to show on the cuts? Do you teach them, you know – Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, just like you would a post player. Think about this. Don't you tell players in the post, look, show the ball your numbers – Right. right. Yeah. Hands up, out, yep. elbows yep. out. Show them your numbers, and you tell the passer, "Don't, don't throw it to them if you don't see that." Right. right. If you don't see their hands yep. being an eager. Hey, point guard college being an eager receiver. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Happy hands. Yep. Happy hands. Well, same way on your cuts. I'm not going to throw it to someone who's not showing me their numbers. They're eager receiver. Happy hands. Right. Right. Uh, but I, I told you a moment ago. I wanted to answer. I wanted to make a point about the cutting okay okay just want you to think about this i'm going to do a whole new course on how to teach the reading react from this standpoint i want to ask you something you're, you're fresh off of the tournament the ncaa tournament right right you saw all kinds of great set plays okay so all okay. right so those things that run them right so let me draw a picture in your mind there's just been transition and they didn't score the offense didn't score now the ball's come back into the point guard, the playmaker's hands, right? Okay, now the other four players, they've got to get open, right? Right. Yep. So where do they go? They stay wide. They, huh? They go, to the, they go to the spots. They stay wide for the most part in the NCAA. Yeah. yeah. Now, okay, but if they're going to get open on the screen. Right. Okay, where are they going to go? Okay, if you're going to – if you're going to – if you're going to get open by yourself or something like or if that ball handler is going to, say, take a ball screen, yeah, they're all going to spread out. Right. If he's not going to take a ball screen, they all go down towards the lane. Right. And they start setting screens or for someone to run off of a screen to come out. Yeah. You can see almost every NBA set. Yeah, all that. It's like screen, screen, yeah. They go there first so they can break out to get open. Right. They yep. come off of screens. Yep. If you're not going to do the ball screen thing. Right. Okay? Yep. The high ball screen thing. 
high ball screen thing, you're exactly right. They're all going to go out on the perimeter. Right. If not, if you're going to get a down screen, if you're going to come off of a double, everybody starts going to the lane. So one of the reasons that you always cut after you pass in the read and react is I need to get you in the lane so that you can get open. Right. For the next action, right? Okay? Right. You'd be if we were calling a step play, you'd probably be going down there anyway. Right. Yeah. Okay? So you cut down there. Now you can either get open on your own. That's called filling out for us, right? right. Yep. Or you could screen for a perimeter player, or you could use a screen if someone's in the lane, a post player, or another cutter, or you could set them a screen and then, you know work to get open off of it, or you you do, you know, if there's a post and another cutter, there's a double staggered for you to get open. I, I, what I'm saying is, uh, see, I could teach the entire reader react, every layer, every right. action, from a standpoint of you're in the lane, you got to get open. When you're in the lane. When you're in the lane and you don't have the ball, you now got to get open. Don't you want to get open? Don't you want the ball to go one-on-one? Right. One? And then how okay. long do you let them stay in the lane? That depends on them. Okay. <laughs> There's a, that depends. I'm not I mean, because my guys tend to stay too long. Like, we have a three-second rule. Well, now, okay. So, now we're talking about purpose of your cut. Now, that's why I want to talk about if you're trying to get open to get the ball again on the perimeter – you're not going to spend time wandering around down in the lane. Right. They'll throw the ball to somebody else. Right. Get your feet wet and then get out of there with purpose to an open spot with eager receiver hands. And, you know, is it off of the screen or are you going to go screen to get yourself open? You know, and I mean, it just, it will tell you what your next action should be. Right. Right. Use it. Okay. Perfect. All right. I got, no, I got tons more. All right. So now I'm going to do my, I'm, we're going to end with my rapid fire. So I'm going to ask you a question. You get one answer. Oh, I'm horrible at this. Okay. <laughs> okay you get one answer. Um, all right. Ready? Yep. One word to describe your ideal player. <laughs> I am horrible at this. <laughs> Teachable. Ooh, I like that. All right. What's your favorite basketball? What I mean by is like Spalding, you know, rock, that kind of stuff. Oh, um, see, I've forgotten what they call this. The soft touch with the high ridges. Who, who makes that? Oh, that's not Wilson, is it? The high ridges. It's not the, is it the rock? I want to say that, yeah. Okay, The Rock. Kids like The Rock a lot. All right, if you could go to one sporting event in the entire world, what would it be? Oh, gosh, man. One sporting event? Yep. Well, it's, it's just, for me, it's got to – well, all right. It's got to be the NCAA Finals. Okay. okay? I've been. Yeah. My second's got to be, say – Maybe every other every other basketball final, NBA, WNBA, Maybe. women's, and and if it's outside of basketball, uh, the UFC. Oh, really? Okay, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a right, huge, that's cool. All right, what's your favorite pregame meal? Uh, very little. 
Oh, that's good. Brendan said uh, free. That was pretty funny. That was the funniest. <laughs> yeah, that was the funniest one we've had. I'm better on a. I'm better on a almost an empty stomach. I tell the players. I said you're, and there's been studies on this. You're better on. You're better to be a little hungry than to be full when you play. I um, want, I need as much blood supply going in my brain. <laughs> I don't need it down there digesting. Yes, all right. Yeah. One thing you do to relax. <laughs> uh the one thing I do to relax is wow. See, I'm gonna. I was gonna say um, uh, some form of a workout. Okay, it, it helps yeah. me to relax. Okay, best player you've seen in person. Best player I've seen in person. Oh, uh, remember I told you I went to. Uh, uh, we got Mike Bibby for yep. my first DVD. Yep. We went out to video him, and I got to see LeBron James' first NBA game, Sacramento. No. Yep. Oh. <laughs> yep. I think that was his – I know that was his first year. I thought that was his first game, but I'm not sure. But, wow. yeah, I got to see him. I'm there on the court. I haven't seen him in person. All right, best player of all time. Yeah. Holy man! And I can only say one. Mm-hmm. That was a lot harder for Coach Sir than it was for you because he saw a lot of really good players. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to cheat on this. I'm going to go ahead and say it's 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 Michael Jordan. Yeah, that, Michael's winning by about ninety five percent. You feel yeah, good about that, Michael? Yeah. But I, I had to I had to throw out some people. I yeah. mean, I got, I got you. Got to talk about people like. Uh, uh, Pete Maravich or, or, or Rick Barry or my high school coach said Bob Cousy. But, right. Right. Um, well, what's, yeah. well, Rick Barry, you know, you think about Rick Barry, 30, 30, the only guy to lead the NCAA, ABA and NBA in scoring. I know. And most of the, not, not the ABA, but the others was without a three point line. So you're talking about 36, 37 points a game. I know it's crazy, and, they, and I don't even know if the players know that the NBA logo is him, right? Is it him? It's him. I think it's him. Is it, is it him or Jerry West? I don't. know. Oh, it might be Jerry West. It is it Jerry West? West? It, it yeah. was one of the two. I knew it was one of the two. Hey, um, but let me say uh, one more. Back when you said uh, best player uh, that I've seen, yeah. but look, I got to play with. I got to be on the floor. I mean, within touching distance and playing with them in a camp, Dave Bing. No. You remember Dave Bing? I do. I do. Yeah, Dave Bing. I was telling Brendan, I saw, saw when I was at, well, we were talking about how it used to be with Five Star and Blue Chip, those two camps, um, that when I went to, um, when I went to Blue Chip, I got to see Akeem Olajuwon play Mike Larry Bird one-on-one. Oh my gosh! I know. Oh. If it was nowadays, we'd all had our phones out and stuff. No oh yeah, had, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what's uh, what's one thing that helped you become a better coach? One thing that helped you become a better coach. Um, one thing to help. One thing that's made you a better coach or helped you become a better coach. My time in – no, I can't say that. Uh, 
it's it it has to be it has to be that i have i've been following christ for jesus christ for a long time since 1979 okay and the the idea of a servant servant leadership, a servant leader being the best type of leader has kind of kept my head on straight. Yep. That kind of thing. It's giving you uh, a guide. Had, yep. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, best game you've seen in person. Best game I saw in, seen in person. It can be any level. Um, we've had anywhere from a high school game to an NBA final. The one, the best one that I saw in person was 1977, 76, 77, I think, 75, 76. And it was Western Kentucky University, uh, Western Kentucky Hilltoppers against Middle Tennessee State University for the OVC. Uh, I, I don't know if it was for their championship. Now it was at, I'm pretty sure it was at Western. Okay. And it was just a, you know, I was close to the floor and the thing. Is it, it was just one of those things. It was just one of those great games. Yeah. Okay. Um, one word that describes your coaching style. Um, passionate. Okay. Um, top bench player of all time. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I feel like I'm pulling, I really feel like I'm pulling teeth coach. I'm sorry. I told you I am the world's worst (laughs) at the best bench player of all. Oh, Hey, uh, how about the, uh, uh, the kid from uh, Villanova. Villanova, yeah. What's uh, his name? It's uh, yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. Um, well, best coach points? of all time. Thirty points in the finals. I Come know. on, crazy. Hey, but there's a prime example, especially for the young coaches out there. They dug up his tweets from when he was 13 or 14. He's been taking heat for that. <laughs> Can you believe that? Get out of town. No, yeah. You go on USA Today. There's a big article about it today. Um, yeah. There's some, you know, he was 13. He's making some bad decisions, saying some things he shouldn't say. And, oh, yeah, they're digging it up. <laughs> it's out there forever. All right, best coach of all time. Best coach of all time. Yeah. Don Meyer. He'd be on my list. Um, one book you would recommend. Don See how Meyer's hard that not. would be for me. Yeah, but, I know. And the only reason I say him over John Wooden is I knew more about him. That's yeah. all. Go ahead. What? Yeah. Um, one book you'd recommend? Uh, for? Anything. For? <laughs> it can be any book. I mean, that you would recommend someone read. It's been everything. We've had everything. Okay. Well, I've already more for a coach. More for a coach. More for a coach. Um. Um. What was the one that what was the one that Brendan gave? He was like um some sort of leadership one. I don't even remember. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a very good one. But the one that I've that's and gosh, I can't even remember the name of it. It's over here. It's by John Wooden, Little Blue Jacket. I keep 
coming back to it and reading it over and over again. Oh, I know what the one you're talking about. I'll find it. I'll find I'll find I'll find it and put in the show notes. I'll find it. Um then what was my last one? Oh, one thing you would tell a young coach in parting as we kind of end here. As we kind of end. Um some advice. Teach. Teach. Uh, let, let that be the tagline, uh, you know, uh, under your name, uh, let that be what the kids say about you when it's all said and done that, uh, that this was one of the best, if not the best teacher that I've been under. And that will cover, that's a big umbrella. Notice I didn't say teacher of the game. Right. Uh, because basketball is life in four quarters, and the the chances to impact and teach life lessons and how to respond and just about everything that you're you're going to come across later in life, don't miss that opportunity to teach. Basketball is just kind of a tool. It is. Okay, so let's, on a parting note, I want to talk about better basketball and where people can find it okay. and the all-access. Now, I'm getting, this is this is just, this is like PGC for me. I am a disciple. I love better basketball. I love Read and React. So I'm not, there's no financial aspect to this, but I'm going to give Coach some time to talk about what's available and what I've been able to do over, you know, the last probably five, ten years for me. Go ahead, Coach. Well, um, you finally given me a, a question that I can answer without. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like you're, you're pulling my fingernails out. <laughs> I'm the world's worst at. Uh, in fact, you notice I, I, I think I sent you an email. I said, "Look, just don't start asking me about the draft and about this and about right because I don't keep up with it. In fact, when I watch games, I I wind up watching the the. What offenses, defenses, movement, spacing, kind of thing, and I, I, I don't. Yeah. I know I people don't. ask why I don't watch as much. I don't watch as much NCAA because the only way I can watch it is if I'm just kind of doing something else. Because otherwise, I'm looking and I'm jotting stuff down. It's like the enjoyment is like I can't do that. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, right. go t- go tell the people okay. about all access and all that. That that that's oh, a yeah. great deal for people. I think it is. Yeah. Uh, so we at betterbasketball.com. If you go to betterbasketball.com, um, you'll you'll see uh, the homepage is pretty easy to follow. You're going to see things like the vault. That's just where we hold all all the videos I've done in the last 16 years, and um, you're going to see all access. There's a chance for you to kind of explore around, but let me give you the the bottom line here. I got about 1,500 videos. I think it's uh, – I, I don't know how many hours that is. I've forgotten now. Uh, but, uh, like I say, I've been doing this now since 2001. So you said uh, – and the thing you sent me, it said 1,500 videos totaling 140 hours of instruction of coaches and players. Yep. yep. Yeah. Okay. It is. It's not just – now, yes, the Read and React has become the the locomotive, the, the engine that, that pulls the train. Right. Okay. I've got uh, – Quite a bit of stuff there on player development. There's a lot that I'm going to go back and redo and attack and that kind of thing. But um, you were talking about all access. Right. Uh, a few years ago, um, you know, we noticed um, 
you know, when, when you get a certain amount of videos on there, uh, a new coach comes on, let's say they buy the read and react, okay? Well, I'm also wanting him to, him or her to watch the practice videos, you know? Right. The one day practice and then, uh, you know, developing the read and react player. That's a player development one, you know? And, and I'd also like them to watch this and that. And, and it's like, gee whiz, I've got to make this easy and financially easy. Right, right. Yep. Uh, and so we came up with an all access pass, which is two forty nine a year. Right. And uh, for that, you get to watch everything that's in there. And I don't think people take this in consideration. And anything new that comes out. Right. It, it's just automatically in the library. You'll right. you'll get notified that something new's coming. You know, I just put sixty four, sixty four three player drills in there. Okay. In the vault, uh, which just, is the best way to teach the game for anybody that's listening. Yeah. It should, the, the, until they're like ten, they should all be playing three on three. But go ahead, yeah. And I'll I'll be adding another fifty drills uh, here, hopefully by June or something like that. So the, pretty soon, there's going to be about 114 new, brand new drills sure. in there. But if you're an all access member, you're just going to get an email saying, "Hey, here's what's new in here. Make sure you don't overlook it." Right. And, uh, uh, what, it's uh, Netflix. You're giving them uh, Netflix. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes. yes, it is. And you know, it's if you buy, if you were to buy two uh, courses, say the Redirect and something, else, you've already spent more. Right. Than you would have spent in all access. Yeah. 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 So it's a better deal. Well, yeah. I, I really two things, Coach. First of all, I thank you so much. I hope to hope to do this again at some point. And you have won the record for the longest. This is going to have to be two podcasts. You you have won the record. I think you and I could have talked forever. Well, um, we could. I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I did. You're really good at this, and I'm not, as you can tell. Oh, you're awesome at this. Are you kidding? Those, uh, you're great. Um, and and I'm and I'm and it's truthful. Read and React has been awesome for our program and helped in our success. And um, you know, you've really made a difference in the in the game. So we really appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thanks. If I can help coaches, that's all. I'm, that's uh. That's, you know, everyone defines what success is, right? Right, yeah. I'm only successful if you are, so. All right, thanks, Coach. Hey, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, Rick has so many golden nuggets. If, if you're liking these podcasts, please go over and subscribe and like. Um, we would appreciate that. Um, it really helps us in iTunes if you do that. Um, if you're thinking, like I said before, if you're thinking of joining, um, if you're listening to this in 2022, it's going to be too late. Prices have already gone up. But if you're listening to this in October of 2018, go over and check out teachhoops.com before prices increase. Um, yeah, so have a great October. I hope you're uh, not having – I have not been outside breaking leaves yet, but it's coming. So have a great uh, rest of this week. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.